We are still in uh, the topic is faith and discipline. It's been interesting as, as many, I mean, now we're in the fourth discipline of our faith again. We did it, you know, several weeks ago. We're going to do it again. So people want to know where we go from here. I mean, uh, Ruth Garner all the way up in Minnesota somewhere. She called office, want to know what the outlines were for the next quarter. She wants to know where we're going so she can study ahead. You know, I wasn't that kind of student in school. Anyway, here's the artwork, y'all. This is faith and discipline, and this is uh, Jordan uh, drew this up for us, and it just gives you the reminder of, of sort of the, the topic of conversation for Sundays. Uh, uh, several years ago as a youth pastor, I worked through this little booklet which gives these these six disciplines of what it means to, to walk with um uh, walk with God and have this fellowship with Jesus and 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 it's entitled day by day in God's kingdom and the whole point is is that every day you engage in these these practices these these disciplines and 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 this is our behavior and and this is what we do whether we feel like it or not because because uh, our relationship with God is a growing relationship it is a refining relationship and so we engage in these practices in such a way that that they that God uses the the these disciplines to transform us we know from Paul's writing in 1 Corinthians, God's transforming us into the image of his son from one degree of glory to the next. So we're in discipline four again. We did this several weeks ago. So now we're back at discipline four. And the, the fourth discipline is that we are to have fellowship with believers. And, and the first time I preached this, I was in Hebrews chapter 10. And I said, uh, you know, that the translation there uh, in Hebrews 10 is go to church. Not. It doesn't say go to church. It says do not forsake gathering, the, the fellowship with believers. And I shared with you that week that, that, you know what? You can have a meeting with believers anywhere, at your workplace, at the grocery store, wherever. And it was really cool that after that Sunday that, that I, had, I had some folks send me texts that week said, I just had a meeting at the something. I forget who it was. Somebody said, oh, it might have been you, man. I just had a meeting at, at Holly Ridge Tire and Auto. I'm like, cool, church at the, at the garage, right? Uh, and, and, and that's what God wants us to do because as, this is, yeah, okay, call this church if you want to. But, but the truth of it is, is when the body of Christ goes out, that's where the church is, wherever we are. And so uh, we're in Acts chapter 2 today, verses 42 to 47. I've preached this verse in 13 years I've been here. I've preached this, these passage, this passage, these verses several times. But here's what it says. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the, through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Pray with me. Father, thank you for today. God, I thank you that every day is a gift. 
And yet, God, when we woke up this morning, you, you were already in this day. God, you already knew exactly what would be going on today. God, you knew the text, you knew the passage, you knew the people. God, you have a desire, plan, a purpose to work in us today, to speak to us today. <laughs> God, my prayer is that we wouldn't get in the way. That God, we would be open. God, that our hearts and minds would be tuned to you. God, that we would take action to turn down the noise of the world so that we could concentrate and we could focus on you. God, help us to be about your kingdom today, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. In a room this size, it'll be interesting to see, so I am expecting you to raise your hand. When you were a student... Were you a student that enjoyed report cards? Raise your hand. Not many of you. Not many of you. How many of you were like me and really dreaded the report card, right? It's like, oh, no, I got to get this signed. I remember as a kid taking my report card one, home one day and trying to trick my mom into signing my report card. Oh, it's nothing, really. Just sign right. I just want to see what your signature looks like, Mom. Yeah. You know what? I didn't really realize my mom was, that, was smarter than me, but she was. Right? See, see, we're either the one that looks forward to the measure of our accomplishments and successes, or we're the one that kind of looks at that like with fear and trepidation as to maybe we didn't measure up. Maybe we didn't do... Now, my grades were always pretty good. I mean, I was always A's and B's, even though I never did any homework. But I was consistently a C student in that line down there that said conduct. <laughs> I know that's hard for y'all to imagine, right? And, and so, you know, I never got to go to recess because I was always standing in the corner by the wall. You know, I... So, so anytime that conduct would come home, my mom and dad would, we'd have that talk again, you know, right? Well, this is a report card. It's interesting that Acts 2, by the time we get into the second chapter of Luke's uh, account of, of what took place following the resurrection, by the end of chapter 2, we get this report card uh, of the body of Christ, what, what Christians, what followers of Jesus were doing within the days and weeks following Jesus' resurrection. Now, I've preached this almost prescriptively, but this is not a prescription. I, I, I don't look at this passage and go, okay, we need to be devoting ourselves to the apostles' teaching, and though I've preached that. We, 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 need, to be, uh, we need to be devoted to the fellowship of the body, and yet I've preached that. You know, we need to be devoted to breaking bread, which is one of the things we kind of do well, right? We, we need to be devoted to prayer. And see, I've looked at passages like this and said, okay, are we doing this? And are we doing this? And are we doing this? Oh, wait a minute. In this area, we got 70% where we should be 95%. You see what I mean? And so this is kind of a, this is kind of a, 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 a church report card, all right? 
the, the, the first century, uh, the way, the new movement of people following the message of the kingdom of God as presented by Jesus in his three years of ministry. And so all of those that were following Jesus and, and seeing the things that he was doing, this is the gathering report card. Okay? And you can't fake it. Can't cheat your way through it. You can't, you can't uh, make it look good, right? That, that, that idea that we can dress it up. We can make it a whitewashed sepulcher if we want to. But the inside will be dead. See what I mean? This is a report card. So as I was reading and studying back through this a few weeks ago, and then I came back to my notes and stuff this week to look at it, and I was like, where prior to Acts 2, is the syllabus where in, in in the text of of the gospels and the first two chapters of acts do we see you know Jesus or Peter or James or somebody going all right church we need to do 1 2 3 4 5 6 things and we need to do it all the time every day and and then we'll be what it, what it is and who it is that God wants us to be you see there there's no syllabus here there's no, there's no to-do list. See, y'all know how I am about lists. Man, I don't give you a sin list. If I give you a sin list, everybody goes, okay, I don't do that, and I don't do that, and I don't do that. I don't give you a, an obedience list so that people can go, okay, I do that, I do that, I do. No, there's no list here. This is a report card. Luke sits down having researched the life of Jesus and now presenting what's going on after the resurrection. And, and, and he's reporting what he's observing about the body of Christ. And he says, you know what? They, they are devoted to the apostles' teaching. And they, they have given themselves over to, to what the apostles are instruct, instructing and teaching about what they learned about being with Jesus. They are devoted to the fellowship, to this, to this union and, and, dare I say, communion of the first century fellowship. They're devoted to it. Uh, they eat a lot. They're devoted to that breaking of bread thing. You see? They're devoted to prayer. Amazing. They do pray all the time. Right? This is Luke. Just It's a report card. You know? The first century, these first few weeks and months after Jesus' resurrection, the body of Christ is getting this report card of, look at the things that are going on in the life of the body. You see? So when I, when I started looking at this thing, uh, I started realizing that, that, that they were together. Uh, you see it throughout the first part of the book of Acts. This, you, you keep seeing the, the reference to the unity, the oneness, that they, that they were all together in one accord. You know, I remember when I first heard that Honda joke, right? The car in the Bible, one accord so so when i looked at this i thought all right what's expected of us where's our syllabus can can we look at that and go okay are we doing that are we well 
Here's the thing. I, I, I react when people tell me what I got to do. It's just innate to me. I think I was raised this way. I don't know. I, I, I lean more into the nurture list on the nature thing. So, so I think I somehow in my life was taught to be questioning, was taught to offer the challenge. Because if somebody says, Bobby, you need to do this, and I go, why? Why do I need to do that? So, and yet as an adult, and primarily since, you know, the early 80s, I've, I've, I've longed to know, to understand, to get a, a, a clear impression, vision, something from God as to what's expected. God, what do you want from me? Right? How can I be who you want me to be, God? You see? Uh, and so, so, so the question sort of takes this shape. What does God want to see being lived out in me personally, in us as the body of Christ? What does God want to see? What is it that God expects to be produced when we abide in communion and fellowship with him and with each other? What's supposed to be happening? Where were these instructions, you know, when, when, you know, we were planning church? So here you go. Uh, I've heard lots of cute little phrases and things. You know, community doesn't take place in rows. It takes place in circles. Right? I've heard that. That's a cute thing. So here's what we can do. Now that we don't have pews and we got chairs one Sunday, y'all might walk in here and find a bunch of little circles in here. Amen. Right? <laughs> I don't know. I know that the physical sort of presentation, there's no real requirement. We can do fellowship like this. Matter of fact, that's why we have the, 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 the greet one another free for all. I've had people, over there, I've, every place I've pastored, this, this, it's a free for all. You just go hang out with each other for a few minutes. I have people who, like, so a good friend of mine up in Maryland, and, and he doesn't generally watch us on Sundays. They're very active in the congregation they're part of up there. But he would always sit, like, back there where Carl and Harold sit, right? And just as soon as I'd turn people loose to go hang out with each other, man, he was in the parking lot. And I'd say, why do you run out to the parking lot? He said, because I really don't like people. <laughs> Not really. He loves people. He just doesn't like the crowd, you know. And so, uh, but, you know, godly guy, great friend of mine and everything. But, but you see, so some people don't like it. It's, it's the most nerve-wracking, anxious time in worship, particularly at the gathering. There are some people who are in this room right now that I dare say, I don't like that. I don't want to do it. Please don't make me. Right? And then I remember that when that when that that little uh, that little practice went through my home church at Cali Self Memorial Baptist Church in Greenwood, South Carolina. Uh, at the end, they would say, "All right, we're going to sing our closing hymn song now. Reach across the aisle and join hands with your neighbor." And you'd see people go, "Please don't make me," right? So, so how is it that we can prescribe? and expect and force fellowship. 
You can't. You can't make it happen. You, 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 can't, you can't force people into this instructive, prescriptive sort of practice of, of you're going to fellowship whether you want to or not. You can't do it. So what is it that we're seeing here in Acts chapter 2? What is it that we need to recognize is going on in the body of Christ in, in Acts chapter 2? I joyfully am getting ready for two weddings coming up in the next few weeks. Got one Saturday week, well, a week from yesterday. Ooh, I better put that on the calendar, right? All right, a week from yesterday. <laughs> and then I got one in April too, right? And, and, and I always sit down with folks that want to get married. I say, all right, we're going to have to sit down. We got six conversations we need to have. We're going to sit down and talk about marriage. We're going to sit down and talk about what, what a wedding looks like and why. And so we sit down and talk. And I say, you know what? I say, we need to start with the fact that God has a design. Okay? And in God's design, God has a plan. Because God's a relational God. And God's the one who's given this relationship of marriage. God's the one who designed it, right? Guess what else? God's the one who provided for this relationship in this room. You know, I used to tell folks, I won't tell y'all to do it because we've done it before, but you look around the room, that's family. You may not even know each other, but it's family. It's the people that God has joined to us, to you. When I look around the room, it's brothers and sisters. When, when I run into somebody at the Holly Ridge Auto Tire place up there, and it's a Christian, guess what? That's family. And so when, you know what, if I walked into a, a, a store in Belton, South Carolina, and my little sister Melanie was in the room, and I walked in and saw her and turned around and walked the other way, there's a message being sent there, isn't there? Amen. But if I walked in and my sister's in the room and I go, hey, and hug her neck, that's also a message. So folks, when we are out in the community, and, and we become aware or see or talk to other believers, that's a family meeting right there. And so this report card that we're getting in Acts chapter 2 is so cool because, first of all, they are together in the temple. I mean, it says so. It says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer, and everyone was filled with awe. And there were many wonders and signs that were being performed through the apostles. Now, all the believers were together. They held all things in common. That means they, 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 what does that mean? Okay, first century church was very selfish. Is that what that says? No, it says, it says, no, they didn't consider what they had as their own. It belonged to the body. And, and, and if somebody needed something, we know as we get on into chapter 4 and chapter 5 that, that they were selling property and they were doing things and, and giving the money for the needy and that sort of thing. Then in chapter 5, you got some lying going on in death for lying to the Spirit of God. You see, this is just what was happening in the fellowship of the body of Christ. This is just who they had become. So, so not so much prescriptive so we can check off things, 
But do we see this same attitude, these same choices, these same behaviors in us? You see, if there is the acknowledgement and recognition that we are family, then there's something, there, there, there is a way that we should be acting within the family. There's a way that we ought to be treating people in the family. There's a way that we ought to be loving people in the family. See? It was fellowship. They gathered every day at the temple. Some people have made that prescriptive. You, you, you got to go to a thing every day and make sure you get the little bread every day. And some people have made this prescriptive. Whereas I think it's just a report card. I think Luke was sharing what was happening in the body of Christ. Yeah, it says they broke bread today. And if, if this is a reference to, to the celebration of the Lord's Supper, and I think in some context it is, they broke bread in homes. You know, there, 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 there was no... Uh, when I share, when we do Lord's Supper here, I've had people challenge me in this in the past. Well, why don't we do the Lord's Supper more often? And I say, because then it'll turn into a thing. It won't mean what it's supposed to mean. It'll become ritual. It'll just become going through the motions. So when we do the Lord's Supper here, we make it a big thing, not just a thing. Right? But I've had people say, well, the Bible says you got to do it every week. And I thought, no, the Bible says they did it every day. But they did it in homes. And that's why I tell you, you know what? If your family's sitting around the table and you got some yeast rolls, man, break one up and pray. And remember that Jesus died for you. That's what the Lord's Supper was all about. Remembering what Jesus did. So if this is a reference to the Lord's Supper, fine. Go home and, and do the Lord's Supper today at lunch. It's all right. But here's a, here's a little kicker at the end. You ready? Uh, and I like it because it says, they, they ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts. Joyful. Sincere hearts. Remember last week I mentioned the contrarians? It's a political party. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's a group. It's a Sunday school class. The contrarians. No. No. You know, there are people that it's just in their nature to try to find something wrong. I mean, man. You know, you know the illustration. I used to do it with young people. Take a big white marker board, draw a black dot in the center, and ask them what they see. What do they see? The black dot. They don't see the big white board that's all clean. And there's some people that way. There's some people that, that kind of do this church thing where they, where, 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 where they go and they go, well, I don't like that. Well, tell me the ten things you did like. 
Tell, tell, tell me what fed you. Tell me what strengthened you. Tell me what encouraged you. Don't tell me what you had a problem with. Right? Well, see, this they were joyful and sincere. They were praising God. They, they were enjoying each other. That's what the body of Christ in fellowship does. We enjoy each other. You know? I mean, I'm guilty. I know I'm guilty. Man, I love Sunday mornings. Now, guess what? I know I'm that kid, right? I, I've told this joke before. It's, it, it is perfect for my situation. You ready? Here it comes. Grandma took her little grandson to church one Sunday, and, and he's sitting there, and he's... And so finally, when church is over, he's going outdoors. He says, Mom, Grandma... Think I'm gonna be a preacher when I grow up. She says, Oh, that is wonderful. What was it about church today that made you want to to be a preacher and and answer that call? Was it was it the pastor's message? And she he said, Well, no, what what wasn't the pastor's message? And well, was it the choir? Well, no, it wasn't the choir. Uh, well, was it just the, the, the whole worship experience? He said, well, well, no. She said, well, what was it that, that made you want to be a preacher? He said, well, if I go to, got to go to church, I want to be the one that gets up and talks. <laughs> See, I can just tell you, you know, I love Sunday mornings. I love hanging out. I love skipping down the aisles. I love when, when, when Scott starts off with chick, 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 chick. they started that I started singing it before they did this morning. All my life. All I know. God's been good. Good to my soul. You see? This is celebration. And and I love you. Okay? I love it that you're here. I love it that you love Jesus. I love it that we get to come together and sing and worship. I love you. I don't get to speak to all of you. And honestly, there's lots of you I can't call by name. But I love the fellowship of the body of Christ. It's a so, so what is it that we see in Acts chapter 2 verses 42 through 47? It goes on to say this. Uh, they ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. I mean, even the people who weren't following Jesus saw what was going on in the Jesus people, right? And then it says, every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. They were becoming what we so comfortably call the church. And folks, I'll be honest with you, there's nothing in that passage that says church only happens one hour on Sunday morning in appointed room. The body is the church, and the church is wherever you are. So guess what? You can have church wherever you are. At the tire place, at the grocery store, on the beach. You know, in the next hour at 925, 925 is pretty much where all the surfers attend. Surfers come to the 925 gathering. You know what? They're really good to say, yeah, we, we have church out on the water. It's like fishermen on the pier. 
right? Guess what? That's what the Bible teaches. We can be the church wherever we are. And if we run into other believers, we have church there. I just thought of it. I, I go up to the boat place and have church sometimes. Run into Anthony up there. All I got to do is walk down the, walk down the, it's not an assembly line. I guess it is. Anyway, I'm walking down through there and, and there's several folks there that, that worship here at the gathering. And I hear them go, Pastor Bobby, you know, sometimes we pray together. See, we can be the body. We are the church wherever we are. So when you leave here this morning, go have church somewhere. Go find a place to huddle up and talk about Jesus. The people who hear you talking about Jesus with each other. See that line right there? They were enjoying the favor of all the people. See? They were becoming the body of Christ, the fellowship of believers, and of course my favorite, the gathering of the saints wherever they were, in the temple, in the homes, in the streets, everywhere. That's what it means to fellowship together, to fellowship with believers. See, this morning, if you don't know Jesus, you need Jesus. I always finish every message with this because, you know, in a a group this size, somebody here may be challenged in their relationship with God. So if you've never received the salvation that God provided in the shed blood of Jesus Christ, we want to tell you about that today, okay? All right. Maybe you want to be a part of the gathering. We had three people check the little box last week that I called this week. Two of them I left messages for and one lady. We just had a great conversation together, right? See, here's what it is. As we sing this last song, you do what God's telling you to do, not me. Not the gathering. You do what God's telling you to do. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you that, God, we we do see what is an expected outcome from living our relationship with you, from being the people, God, that you called us to be, not just in this room, but in the community and in the businesses and in our homes and on our streets and, and everywhere, God, God, there is this expectation that you have that we live our faith and that we live it out loud and publicly so that folks can see Jesus in our lives. So, God, my prayer would be this morning that we'd recognize that we, we get to be the body of Christ everywhere we go. So God, show us others in the family. God, help us to have eyes to see and ears to hear and to recognize when you bring us into those relationships. And then God, help us to praise you and enjoy the favor that you provide. Thank you again for today. God, help us to do those things that grow us up in you. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.